Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses verse 52, and then we got a couple of other things to read as well. Luke 2.52 says, y'all read it with me, and Jesus increased in in favor with God and me. We'll try that again because y'all, y'all all was struggling to read for a minute. Now. Let's do it one more time. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Amen. Let's turn over to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to read verses 14 through 19. It says, Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that, that Father God has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God, and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in, God, in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment, because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Y'all catching this? Then it says this. I love this. is one of my favorite scriptures. Love never brings fear. For fear is always related to punishment. I, that's in the Bible. I didn't. That was it. That's scripture, okay? Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love, love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Are you catching that? That's good. 19 says, our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you're going to say this morning in Jesus' name. So uh, we've been talking about against all odds. We've been talking about the very essence of Jesus growing as a boy. Amen? Um, and, And I've said this a few times, but even our Lord and Savior Jesus, as the Bible puts it, he had to grow up. Amen? And uh, it's pretty cool when you think about it because a lot of us think we have reached perfection, right? And many of us came out the womb thinking we were grown. Uh huh. And we would, uh, you know, all that and a bag of chips and a few slices of bread and cheese. Uh, but here's what I want you to understand even in your life and my life, we're going to all have to, for a time and a season, every single day of our life, grow up. Somebody say grow up. And growth is a part of human, of the human experience. If you are, that, that was a really country experience. <laughs> you caught that. The growth is a part of the human 
experience. If you are not growing properly, then in, in the medical world, they begin to seek and to figure out what's going on to hinder growth. Amen? Are you catching this? And so growth is something that we should all be privy to and excited about. But there's a thing called growing pains. Growth is necessary, but growth is not always fun. Amen. Growth is uh, exhilarating at the same time. It's exhausting. Come on. It's not fun when you're a baby learning how to walk to fall on your face. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you've had any children, it's not fun to be in the room when a kid falls on his face or she. Amen. Because it turns into a whole different kind of situation. There's screaming, there's crying, there's all different things. And you're like, oh my God, just get up and try again. Which, when we're thinking about growth, makes logical sense. However, if there wasn't a purpose behind the growth or a purpose behind trying again, it would be abuse. Are you understanding? So growth is completely necessary. It is completely necessary for us as a church, as as individuals, as followers of Christ, to grow, to mature in our faith. Amen. My mom and the church I used to grow up in, they used to say, got to get you off the bottle. Yeah. Y'all know nothing about that, do you? Got to get you on some spiritual meat. You, you've been drinking milk for a long time, but you need steak. That's what they called it. I'm like, what is steak theology? Come on, somebody. Well, first of all, can we, do, can we name it wings? Yeah, I'd, I'd be more in tune if we named it wings. Anyways. Um, So it's important for us as believers to grow, just like Jesus grew. The Bible says he grew in wisdom. We talked about wisdom. He grew in actual knowledge, getting understanding. Many of us don't have opportunities because we don't spend time learning. Yeah. Oh, it's man, y'all so quiet today. What is up? We 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 pray for an opportunity, but we don't study for the opportunity. Uh huh. We ask God for the opportunity, and then we close the books. Come on. Got the tambourine out. It's over with. Are y'all catching that? Like, like, we'll pray, God, bless my finances, but we won't actually budget money? Oh, it's quiet. It's quiet. I'm a preach to the online people because y'all... Y'all okay with me being a little practical, right? Because sometimes we be a little too spiritual. And we want to blame being broke on the devil. No, you broke because you spent money you didn't have. The devil is like, don't blame that on me. You did that yourself. Matter of fact, I was trying to stop you. Are you hearing me? Like we can't, sometimes an active way of growing in your faith is researching and figuring out how to grow in your faith. Amen? I want God to do something great. Well, open your Bible and read it every now and then. 
I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. He grew in stature. We talked about expansion. We talked about expanding our dreams, dreaming bigger. A lot of us have been dreaming so small. Amen. We wake up, we think small, we dream small, we act small, and we are okay with mundane. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you're supposed to do. But many of us, there is something on the inside of us. There's a dream, a hope, a goal that we are really wanting to reach, but we are fearful to step outside of our comfort zone to take on the opportunity. So we talked about stature. We talked about expanding. Come on, right? Dreaming bigger. Somebody say dream bigger. Thinking bigger, amen? We talked about how we have to stretch ourselves, and a part of expanding is also stretching forth so we can invite people into our life who, who stretch us. Yeah. You know, one of the most effective ways to grow in life is to have friends who are not like you. who think different from you, who can challenge you, that you welcome them to go in and say, okay, tell me the truth. What do you think? And you can trust them to speak the truth to you. Amen. It's great to have people in your life like that. That is one of the most effective ways to grow and to become a person uh, uh, who, who people can trust to rely and rely on to give, uh, to, 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 I don't know, I'm trying to find a word and I can't find it, but you, you get what I'm saying, all right? If you have everybody in your life that thinks like you, act like you, I guarantee you in 10 years you'll be in the same place. Because all y'all going to do is talk in circles and nobody being stretched. But when you get people around you that think different, that talk different. Listen, there was a time in my life where, you know, I, you know, growing up, you, we saw what we saw, right? I, you know, I saw poverty. I saw all the, the things. And then I started hanging around with some folks that, you know, they had a little money. I'm like, hmm. And they're like, oh, my daddy worked. You know, he supervised a BMW. What? What? Oh, my God. Can he get me a job? No, you're in high school. Can't do that. There is a, there's a difference. You get around people, listen, uh, j- just to share this with you, right? I, I grew up in church and, and there's different aspects and views on debt. I grew up in church where, you know, we shouted every week and, pl- and praise God and believe for debt freedom. Y'all know, anybody grew up in that church? Yeah, <laughs> Jeff over there like, yeah. God's gonna give us debt freedom. We ain't gonna owe nobody no money. And then I get around some wealthy people and they're like, man, my debt works for me. Well, I'm praying for debt freedom. Well, you go ahead and do that. But mine works for me. It's a mindset shift. You get what I'm saying? People stretch you, make you think outside of your box. What you've always known. If you get around the white people, they might challenge it. For you to grow. Somebody said mature. So today we're talking about growing in a relationship with the Lord. Somebody said the Lord. Jesus, all 
man and all God still found it incredibly, incredibly important to have a relationship with his heavenly father. Are you catching this? He was literally, as the Bible uh, uh, tells us, he was the, 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 the essence of God in the earth. He was the walking form of God in the earth. He was God in the flesh. But he still found it necessary to connect with his heavenly father. And I want you to hear me, sir. hear me, church, listen, if we are going to grow, if we're going to be spiritually mature, if we're going to mature as a church and we're going to be greatly impactful in our, in, in our generation and in, in, in our cities and different things like that, one of the things that we're going to have to do is grow spiritually in our connection with God. Amen? I can't talk to people about Jesus if I don't know him myself. I can't talk, and listen, hear me. There is a difference between book knowledge and experience. There are some people that know God from what they read. There are some people that know God from what they've been through. Amen. Is one greater than the other? That's up for you to debate. Here's what I know. I've walked through some stuff, and I've seen God show up. And I found him to be faithful and true in spite of no, and no matter what I'm going through, he's been there for me. I've read about him, but I've also experienced him. And there is a difference between the two. A lot of us have knowledge of God. We are puffed up and proud, and we know who God is by what the paper tells us. But most of us, when we go through a storm, that paper does not stand. Come on, somebody. When we face hard times, we forget what the paper said. And then we just turn, oh, I, you know, God, he left me, he forgot about me. And God's looking like, no, 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 I'm still here with you. What are you talking about? I'm with you on your good day and your bad day. In your storms, I'm still with you. Amen. So we're going to grow spiritually. We have to grow in our relationship with God. And I wanted to really just kind of deal with something today because I think it's, it's incredible, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we grow in our relationship with God. But one of the things that I think that really hinders growing in relationship with God is our perspective of who God is in our life. Amen. You can you can you can bow, you can nod your head. You, come on, wave a little hanky. Cause, cause listen, if you believe God to be an angry God, you'll always view Him as an angry God. If you view Him as a judgmental God, you're going to be waiting on Him to judge every move that you make. Amen. If you view Him. Like your earthly father, you may not have a relationship with him at all. Or it may be skewed by your view of punishment or how a dad should love you. 
Our view of God is shaped by experiences, amen? And it's shaped by what the church has told us. And it's shaped by what's happened to us at church. Amen? Because people who were supposed to represent God hurt us, abused us, let us down, disappointed us. And so what we do, which is intuitive of all humans, is we shift that view to God himself. And we say, well, if you let them do that to me, then you must be like that. If they can hurt me and get away with it, that's how you must be. If they can do their evil part and they can still be in leadership and they can still do all these things, God, that makes me question you. Oh, I'm... And it's truth. It's truth because this is what we struggle with, right? This is how we, how we have to deal with stuff because, because our belief about God is shaped by our interactions with people who are supposed to represent him. Yep. You know why most of the world don't want to go to church right now? Can I say what I need to say? Yes. It's going to offend some folk, but it's going, I'm going to say it, okay? Y'all ready? You know why most people don't want to go to church right now? Because they believe God is a conservative God sitting in heaven waiting to smite everybody. There are a lot of people that believe God supports the Republican Party and nobody else. Always, it's it's tight, but it's right. I saw a video pop up on my social media last night, and it it about made my blood boil. Because the preacher was saying, you know, there's something more dangerous than the pandemic. There's something more dangerous than sickness. There's something more dangerous. And then he goes, it's liberal theology or liberal gospel. And I was like, okay, I see what you're trying to do. But you forgot one part. A conservative gospel, a conservative theology is still is just, just as dangerous. And see, when we start painting these pictures, we start to put God in one category or the other. And he can't be boxed. He can't be put in our boxes. He can't be put in our political boxes. He can't be put in our thinking boxes. He can't be put in the boxes that we think he should fit in so we're comfortable. Yeah. Amen? I want you to hear me. He doesn't fit any of our boxes. Liberal, conservative, none of them. He's God all by himself. He's outside the scope of what we think is right. Amen. None of us truly can meet his standard. That's why we have Jesus. Amen. Oh, it got real. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. That's my one, okay? Okay? That's my one for the day, okay? I won't mess with no more political stuff. <laughs> so if we're going to grow in our relationship with God, um, I think it's, uh, there's a few things that we have to really uh, pay attention to. And the first thing is this. 
if we are going to grow in our relationship with God, uh, we grow in our relationship with God when we acknowledge Jesus as God's Son and our Savior. Amen? The first step to any spiritual uh, uh, relationship with the Lord is to acknowledge Jesus as His Son and your Savior. Amen? Somebody say, He's, he's God's Son. And he's my Savior. Let's say it again. He's God's Son, and he's my Savior. If we're going to grow in connection and spiritual relationship with the Lord, we have to recognize and place that weight on Jesus. Can I, can I tell you why I think this is important? Because the Bible says that sin drives a wedge between man and God. It says that when we were sinners, this is what the scripture says, that we were an enemy of the Lord. Right? Like there was a literal uh, uh, disconnection between us and God that, that, that we could not, in fact, at all even connect with God. That sin drove a wedge between us. And you know why? Because the Bible also teaches that anytime sin is in the presence of the Lord, you hear me? Listen, unclean things in the presence of the Lord die. That's in scripture. So what happened? If that's how God operates, this was the God of the Old Testament, that he could not really commune with man. And there were things that had to be done and stuff that had to be set up and ways that had to be, you know, it was so many uh, uh, traditions and, and, and religious practices and things that had to happen for man to commune with God. They literally like built a tent. Listen, listen, the tabernacle, they built a tent, built a tent, and then people, who, uh, the, the, the priests would go in and they would tie a rope around the priest's ankle. Why? Because if he had any kind of sin, he dropped dead enemy immediately. And they had to drag him out. Lord, you know how many dead bodies we have right now for this church on Sunday? <laughs> People t- hey, Pastor, you going to go in? I'm scared, bro. That was how they had to function because God literally could not be in the presence of sin without it being catastrophic. And you know what God did? He didn't say, man, they're never going to get it right. I'm just done. He said, I love them so much, I'm going to give them my son so I can commune with them. I'm going to give my son, I'm going to give my most prized possession. I'm going to let these people know that I love them and I want to be with them. So I will literally sacrifice my own son on the cross so we can be together. Listen, I love y'all, but my boy, I ain't giving up my boy for nobody. Amen. I'm not God. I'd be like, hey, I'm tired, you know. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> we'll try to see what we can help. But God said, no, 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 no. I want to be with you so much that my son's going to die on the cross for you. 
so we can remove the barrier between us communing together. So you can enter my presence freely, joyfully, knowing that I'm for you. If we're going to grow in a spiritual relationship with God, we have to recognize that Jesus is God's son and he's our savior. How do you do that? You know, every now and then I'm just driving down the street. You know what I do? I just say, thank you, Jesus. When a good thing happens, I say, thank you, Jesus. When a bad thing happens, I say, thank you, Jesus. I remember, thank you, Jesus. Why do we do communion every week? To remind you that Jesus is God's son and he's our savior. Why? Because we need to remember constantly over and over that we have an advocate between us and God. Amen? Somebody say, acknowledge Jesus as God's son and our savior. Next part is this. We're going to grow. When we grow in relationship with God, we acknowledge God's love as unconditional. We grow in relationship with God when we acknowledge God's love as unconditional. Somebody say unconditional. I want to share a couple things with you right quick. Now, these are some stats. These uh, some stuff I was looking up because I was, I was interested in this word punishment that's in the scripture right here. And this this is a few stats I found, okay? And they're from various years, okay? This first one, um, just a stack that was was produced by uh, Pew Research Group. They said six out of every 10 U.S. adults favor the death penalty for people who who were convicted for murder. Six out of every 10 adults favor the death penalty. Uh, in 1987, there was a study done, uh, a research study done, and it, and it revealed that the, that the general public wanted longer prison sentences for most crimes. They wanted longer prison sentencing for most crimes. All right? Uh, in 1994, listen to this, uh, 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 an opinion piece was, pl- uh, was published in the Wall Street Journal, and it stated as it said that it was a study that found that public opinion, uh, uh, opinion and its attitude, attitude towards crime became more and more hostile towards criminals. Listen, it said they lost their interest in reforming offenders, and instead they wanted them punished as severely and cheaply as possible. The general public lost their interest in reforming offenders. And instead, they wanted punishment. And they wanted severely and cheaply. It's safe to say Human nature has an infatuation with punishment. Amen? Somehow, some way, if something happens 
to us, and I'm, I'm including myself, okay? I want to see somebody get punished. There's an infatuation with punishment. There's an infatuation with seeing somebody pay for something they've done. You hurt me, now I need to see you hurt. You offended me, now I need to see you be offended. Even if it don't match up. Many of us even overlook that, you know, if, if somebody hurts you or do something, we want them to hurt worse. Like our response to it is not most of the time not even equal. We want to see severe punishment. What am I getting to? We take that same thought pattern, and that's how we believe God feels about us. So it's hard to worship a God that you think wants to punish you all the time. That you think is taking notes when you mess up. That you think is taking notes when you have a bad thought. That you think is taking notes and waiting to give you something really bad when I can't get no money to the church, so God's going to get me this week. I love when it's quiet like this because, you know, I, I feel like you're chewing on it a little bit. Because here, here's the thing, people. Listen, the scripture communicates that God's love is unconditional. Somebody say unconditional. Which means his love comes with no conditions. Are you catching that? Like God is not looking at you going, I'm going to love you until you cut somebody out. I'm going to love you until you get mad in traffic. I'm going to love you until you tell your wife a white lie. I'm going to love you until you say something that you shouldn't have said. I'm going to love you until you do something you shouldn't have done. No, that ain't how God works. He says, I'm going to love you regardless. Somebody say regardless. Just check this out. Remember this. God knew man was sinful before he gave his son up. And he still did it. God knew we would fall short, but he still extended grace. God knew that we were his enemy, but he still loved us unconditionally. God knew that we wouldn't want him and we would reject him and we would blame him for stuff and we would be mad at him about everything. Yet he still, somebody say he still extended love to us. Unconditional love. Listen, guys, ladies. Most of the reason why we can't grow in relationship with the Lord is because our perspective of God is that he is angry with us. That he is mad at us or he is disappointed in us or he's forgotten us. And that is not, that could be the furthest thing from the truth. God is very well in tune and very much in tune with your life and he knows what's going on with you and he loves you unconditionally. Without conditions, without preconceived ideals, without 
pre-judgment, without any of that, that's the way God loves us. However, if we can be honest with ourselves, that's a hard concept to, re, to, to, to chew on. It's a hard concept to imagine that I'm loved unconditionally. Do you know who I is? Because I know who I is. Amen. Half of us don't even believe we should be loved by our spouse. Half of us don't believe we should be loved or liked by friends and family. And God said, no, 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 no. I love you unconditionally. I'm for you. I'm with you. Listen, if we could get our perspective about God right, listen, do you know how much your relationship with the Lord would grow? If you woke up this morning or in the morning, you said, man, you know, I didn't get it all right yesterday. And you could just hear the soft voice of the Lord saying, I still love you. I'm still for you. I still care about you. I'm still with you. And yes, you didn't have a good day yesterday, but guess what? It's a new day, and my mercies are new, and my grace is new, and everything else about this day is new. So let's forget about what happened yesterday, and let's embrace what we're going to have today. Amen? And if we even mess up today, I want you to know, guess what? Tomorrow you're going to wake up, and my mercies are going to be new, and my grace is going to be new, and everything's going to be new, and we're going to try it again the next day. And if you mess up that day, guess what? I, we're going to wake up the next day, and my mercy will be new and my grace will be new and we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Amen? This is how God works. He's not sitting there freaking out because you messed up. No, he's like, come on. Let's, let's keep going. We're good. We got, we got this. That's how he functions. And when we are growing in a relationship with the Lord, it becomes very apparent that in order to really grow in relationship with the Lord, you have to be comfortable with receiving unconditional love. It's hard to grow when we don't know how to receive love that's unconditional. Amen? When we don't feel 100% God's like, mm, you look good today. Amen? Y'all men know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when you wake up and your hair's all over the place, and you're like, babe, how I look at the men like, I don't feel good. And the lady's like, oh, babe, you look good. And you're like, thank you, babe. All the men are like, I'm sorry. And the lady's like, wait a minute. You, you're talking about the wrong dude. <laughs> Yep, you get what I'm saying? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about, right? When your husband say, babe, you look good, and you like, sorry, have you not looked at me? You must be having sleep with your, with your eyes closed. Come on. Because I don't think I look, and he's like, man, you so fine, girl. Whoa. Amen, ain't that right, Aaron Giles? Amen, harder. Like, look at them red shoes, girl. Y'all, y'all, y'all quiet. What's going on, Casey? They quiet today, man. 
We got to let go of our infatuation with punishment. Are you hearing me? Can I say something to you? No matter what you've done, God is not waiting to punish you. He's waiting to forgive you. There is a difference. See, the way our justice system works and everything, it's not forgiveness, it's punishment. We want you to remember what you've done, we want you to pay for it. God says, you messed up, I forgive you, let's go do better. Jesus, stooping down, writing in the sand, all these men bring this lady and they're caught her in the, in, in the, in the, in the act of adultery and, and, you know, and they didn't bring the man for some reason, but they brought the lady. Uh, but, um, that's a whole other study, but uh, uh, they, they bring her before him and Jesus stooped down and the Bible says that they all had rocks and they were ready to throw their stone and they were ready to take her out and they were ready to punish her and they're looking at Jesus and Jesus stoops down and starts drawing in the sand. He starts drawing with his finger in the dirt. Listen, I, I, I love that scripture because I think, you know, God's trying to explain to them, guys, we don't need to throw stones at people. We need to be able to touch dirt so we can help and change lives. But that's a whole nother sermon, too, because we're so infatuated with punishment. They wanted to throw a stone. And Jesus said, we need to learn how to touch dirty things. Come on, somebody. And then when they couldn't get him to respond like he, they wanted him to, they started dropping their rocks one by one. He says... You, without sin, throw the first stone. Here's the thing. If we all wrestle with that question, we will be more and more apt to be kind to people and act justly towards people and love people. You, without uh, without sin, throw the first stone. Can anybody say that? Have you met anybody? No. And you know, it's great that babies can't talk. Because most of them don't, don't have a sinful nature. Come on, I mean, they, they, they haven't done anything wrong, as we call it. Amen? But even God's smart. He's like, I'm going to make sure they can't talk so they can't go around telling everybody, I ain't doing nothing wrong. Yes, you have. <laughs> when they get to be like three, oh, you've done a lot wrong. But that's how God works, right? And he says this, he throws it, and they throw their stones one by one, and they walk away. He looks up, he says, where are your accusers? Where are the people who wanted to punish you? Where are the people who wanted to make sure you knew what you did wrong? Where are the people who wanted you to recognize that you were wrong and you are not forgiven, and, and they wanted to see you die instead of live? Where are those people? She said, I, they're not here. And he says, I don't accuse you either. I forgive you. I don't accuse you. I don't want to punish you. But listen, this is what he says. Go and sin no more. Hey, hey, take this forgiveness I have and use it as leverage to live a life that's free of guilt and shame and defeat and anger, and all of these things. Leverage this forgiveness 
as your new life of freedom. How great is that? It's amazing. Last thing is this. Y'all like, man, you, you preaching real long today. Sorry, man, it's the beginning of the year. Come on, somebody, it's January. <laughs> we grow a relationship with God when we express God's love unconditionally. See, for most of us, we were taught to receive God's love unconditionally, but give it out conditionally. God says, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Come here. Several seats, player. Hear me? If I'm going to give you unconditional love, you need to live your life expressing that unconditional love. (laughs) Uh uh-huh if if, if I loved you first so now you got to show everybody else that same love huh you know how hard that is because there's some folk you like I do uh uh-uh I won't show you no love come on somebody but it's imperative that we as Believers and followers of Christ, our level of maturity is shown in how we love the world around us. I may disagree with you, but it's not a reason for me to hate you or treat you as anything except a child of the Lord. Now listen, I, I'm going to dive more and more into this next week because we're going to talk about relationship with others, amen? But, but, but hear me, we cannot, in, in fact, believe that, oh, I'm loved by God and I can just hate everybody. That, don't, that ain't how it works. No, no, honey, boo-boo, sorry. That ain't how it works. If we're going to love God, if we're going to be receive, uh, receive the unconditional love for God, uh, then we have to share unconditional love. But here's the thing, this is what I've learned. Most of us don't see and receive God's unconditionally, so when we don't do it, that's what we express. Well, if God hate, if I messed up and God hates me and I, he got me right, then I'll, you know, and we'll, we'll, I was messed up and tore up and make you want to throw up and God showed up. And dusted me off and did all. No, he loved you unconditionally while you were trying to find your way. While you walked away from three or four times, he still loved you. Imagine if people showed up in our life and you approached their relationship saying, you know what, you might walk away from me. You might get on my nerves. I'm still going to love you. Unconditionally. I know we're going to have problems, but I'm going to love you unconditionally because that's the love I received. That's the love I receive every day. So I'm going to give that love away.
I told y'all earlier, like this, this week on social media, somebody was coming at me. I was just like, bruh, bruh, you don't know me like that. God saved me. But he ain't totally delivered me from the hood, okay? You don't know me like, we'll throw these hands. Try Jesus, don't try me, because I throw hands. I should have sent him that video. Say, hey man, hold on, I'm gonna share this with you right quick so you, so you can know who you're talking to, okay? <laughs> but as I was going back and forth with him, the Lord said, no, 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 Fred, he's hurting. This is an opportunity for you to speak into his life and express the love of Jesus Christ. Now, will it go anywhere? I don't know. But you know what I did? I pivoted. I had a bad attitude and I was ready to go off. And then I was like, nah. Man, I want you to know, like, all pastors ain't like that. Some of us actually care for people. And I don't have the answer to your question that you keep asking. I can't explain all the evil in the world. And sometimes I question my own faith. And sometimes I question it all. And I don't think he was ready for that. I don't think he was ready for a pastor to say, yeah, bro, I agree. I question my faith too. But I stand on the fact that God is still good and he's always been faithful. Amen? So we got to give that love unconditionally. Amen? So my hope and my prayer today is that you would grow in God's love. You would grow in your relationship with the Lord. Through recognizing that Jesus is God's son, he's your savior. And because of that, you have received God's love unconditionally. And because of that, we are to give his love unconditionally. Spiritual connection with God is not just about your relationship with Him, it's about your relationship with others. Paul said, uh, man, if I, speak, if I speak in tongues and, and, and prophesy and do all these spiritual gift things, yet I don't love the people around me, I'm nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I'm just making noise and not really making impact. I love this quote that, that it, says, it says, the quote was about um, hiring people. It says, never hire people whose blast radius is greater than their impact radius. I can I can fill the world up with fear about God and try to get my church packed by telling people, you're going to go to hell if you don't do this, this, and this. But that just makes my blast radius way more than my impact radius. Or I can tell people, you are loved by God, loves you unconditionally. And wants nothing but his best for you. Amen? 
And that's where I want to land this plane today. Your relationship with the Lord grows when you remember what God has sacrificed for you, which is his son, Jesus. When you recognize he loves you unconditionally. And when you realize you are to give that same love to others. Amen? Stand with me real quick. Thank you, Lord, for everyone in the sound of my voice. I thank you, God, that we would remember and recognize that you love us unconditionally, God. I pray that you would give us the strength to let go of our infatuation with punishment, that we embrace true, scandalous grace. That we would live our life knowing that you are for us. That your love is unconditional and it's loyal. God, that you don't turn your back on us when we have shortcomings and all that stuff. Actually, you're very aware of it. You, you already knew, but you still extended your love first. So let us remember that. And I pray today, God, that if anyone does not have a relationship with you, God, that you would give them the courage to solidify that. Start there. God, and remind them that it's not about perfection. You just, you just want to be close. And so I thank you for that. And I thank you for just being an amazing God. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.